0: If you ever had a penchant for neuroscience, positive psychology, consciousness, social justice, and more, you've come to the right place. If you ever asked, there's got to be more to life than this, everything's all here, waiting on you on standby, and ready for you to take action. If you've ever hungered for something more, well, I've got a hot meal for you. My name is Mark Cordone, a do-gooder from the island of Misfit Toys who received his neuroscience, public health, human development, coaching, and positive psychology certifications from the Misfit State University and founded the Joy Revolution. Each episode, it's just you, me, and a Coke and a smile, baby, talking about living life all out and performing lights out through positive disruption, joyful non-compliance, and quantum sensibility. Welcome to the tiniest, littlest, itty-bittiest podcast in this multiverse. Welcome to Tiny Little Classes. It's TLC number three, Joyful Non-Compliance. Now, I'd come a long way from picking up my dad's buktuk, a Filipino kind of banjo, kind of ukulele, as a teenager who was determined to play Peter Buck's mandolin hook in R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Do you remember that song? Um, To actually being in my mid-20s staring at the oil stain on the golden brown sala wallpaper at my parents' house. But it was... When I first picked up the Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic CD from Specs Music and Movies, that's when I knew I had to level up and get that $30 acoustic guitar from Royden's Used Instruments to learn John Frusciante's hook from Under the Bridge. That hook was so good. So back to my 20s, I had to try doing something that I actually loved. I drove from Atlanta to Tampa to surprise, shock, my parents with some news. Just two days prior, I had left a nice job as an administrator for an archipelago of Atlanta hospitals, being a part of a team to see if hands and test tubes were appropriately washed and that we were compliant with OSHA standards. It was truly nice and compliant. And at the expense of that poor grouper that mom threw at me, When I broke the news, it was imperative that my family know that I had had it up to here with niceties and compliances. Those were curse words to me. Those values didn't align with the piss and vinegar that fueled my first entrepreneurial endeavor, playing the singer-songwriter in a philam that means Filipino-American, band called Tito Felix. At the expense of that poor grouper, they had to hear that I was following my own passion in the same way they did when they moved to the States in search of a Coke and a smile. And guess what? We were the best Filipino-American band in the South. It wasn't a lie at the time, because we were the only Filipino-American emo punk band in the South at the time. We plastered that moniker um, so much that we actually got booked we actually had to take a stab at being good at something. So our first performance was a packed showcase in Jacksonville filled with Philams who were into hip-hop, slam poetry, and import racing cars. I swear it was a bizarro world performance that mimicked the last scene in School of Rock, you know, where the kid band wins over the adult audience. Except we didn't win anyone over. <laughs> we were mercilessly heckled, and then seeing the replay... I agreed. We sucked. If we were to be the best Filipino American band, we needed to show up as the best Filipino American band in the South. It was an epic lesson in having skin in the game that would fuel multiple entrepreneurial endeavors. Our next gig was in the Battle of the Bands at the Tri Delta Sorority Lodge at the University of North Florida. The announcer deviated from our scripted introduction and said, And now for the next band, the cultural act of the night, to which I immediately replied, you're about as cultural to me as we are to you, son. A collective, oh, erupted from the crowd, both Filipino-American and not, as we stood up for ourselves. My almond eyes squinted in reverie through my John and Kate plus eight hairdo. We won second place that night. It was an epic lesson in embracing the counterculture, and a surprising one in treating whatever I did, whether it was being an administrator or in an emo punk band island hopping across the country, with respect and discipline. Dare I remove my shirt to reveal my 150 found. <laughs> My 155 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal at our next gig in Tallahassee's infamous club down under? Or was that too scripted like Brandon Boyd from Incubus when he breaks into Pardon Me? Was I desperately trying too hard to morph the media's portrayal of male Asian feebleness into an attractive one? I loved it. And I began to love my untrained vocals. It was the right mix between the hedonic and the eudaimonic, the good life. And in immersing myself in this culture, this new role, I started writing about what I was struggling with. Somewhere in the island hopping from New York to Southern California, I wrote little gems that I hadn't been able to express to anyone. Sometimes I sit and think... Where I had gone wrong. Was it the point between where a boy becomes a man? Or maybe I just never became anything to sit and think about. It was an epic lesson in standing in my power vulnerably. And when I wrote that lyric... I knew that I had found some sort of balance among universes, a momentary fleck where I was not mimicking Boyd or Buck or Freshante, a moment I knew that my parents secretly did understand. But I don't blame them for being upset at me. They had played all the rules to gradually become successful. I must have generated a ton of anxiety around my ability to be successful when I deviated from the script. And therein lies the rub. My parents loyally adhered to a set of societal standards of success that became a set of checkboxes on what a successful career, a successful family, and a successful life should look like. And I love them no less for showing me that. So having the privilege of working in a hospital was externally impressive to some, but I felt like I enslaved myself in order to acquiesce to societal standards. This brings us to the second head of the three-headed monster that philosophically buttressed these tiny little classes, joyful non-compliance. Schools, hospitals, media, religions, and other institutions operate on espoused values of growth and thriving, but the dark side of these institutions is indoctrinating individuals to conform, give up their sovereignty, and join a herd of sheep that are wholeheartedly obedient. What makes this difficult is that the system is set up to push nonconformists to the outskirts of society. Free thought is denounced as the wrong answer on a test. Someone who speaks up is essentially thrown out of the tribe, deemed as crazy, and given a steady dose of vitamins in a psych ward. It is the joyfully non-compliant, iconoclastic do-gooder that can provoke others to question these institutions that mass-produce sheeple. While I'm not making a call for full anarchy, joyful non-compliance is the first step to creating systems and beliefs built from non-toxic joy. In this day and age, it is the joyfully non-compliant leader that seeds our society towards flourishing and true freedom. And with that, we have one more podcast in this disorientation that will discuss the third and final philosophical underpinning of this podcast, quantum sensibility. I invite you to give it a listen. What do you say? So hopefully I'll see you in the next episode. It's a pleasure to level up with you. And until next time, I want you to revolt, remember, and be excellent to each other. See ya. All right. I hope you enjoyed this tiny little class, and there's more good stuff coming your way. But until the next episode, please subscribe and leave a fancy review if you liked it. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as the Joy Rev. That's the Joy Rev, no spaces. Or connect with like-minded revolutionaries in our Facebook group. Search. The Joy Revolution Underground. And of course, don't forget to check the classes, articles, blogs at joyrevolution.com, joyrevolution.com. And yes, I invite you to text me anytime, 813-867-0628, that's 813-867-0268. Now until then, what will you do To change history for the better. See ya. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, if you want to launch a podcast with speed and quality that puts you in demand, check out the the webinar, The Three Biggest Mistakes Entrepreneurs Make When Launching Their Podcast. It's at joyrevolution.com slash podcast. That's joyrevolution.com slash podcast.